Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 343. On this episode, we've got some cancellation and renewal news, and then we'll be discussing the third season premiere of The Flash, the fifth season premiere of Arrow, and recent episodes of Designated Survivor, Pitch, and Westworld. Plus, we've got some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 343. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com. I'm Kyle Nolan from noreruns.net. And joining us this week, we have... I'm Ivy West from the wake of hurricanematthew.com. <laughs> <laughs> All your weather-related news and, <laughs> and, and forecasts. Are there videos of you standing outside in the rain in a big giant parka? No, but Aww. there might have been a video of me standing on a roof after a tornado in Kansas City, Kansas, that I can neither confirm nor deny. So I have been that stupid in the past, <laughs> but it is the past. And you were clicking your heels saying there's no place like home? Well, I wish I w- In retrospect, I wish I had. <laughs> Because my boss saw that, and I was quickly told to get down off the roof. Yeah, well, with that, we'll jump off into the news. And first up, Comedy Central has renewed At Midnight with Chris Hardwick for another 40-episode run. Huzzah! Even though it plays at 1130 now. <laughs> but I guess changing the name to At 1130 doesn't really make any sense. But but it finishes At Midnight. <laughs> I guess. <Yeah. laughs> Freeform has renewed Stitchers for a third season. Why? Because I don't know. Because I, I don't have anything else? <laughs> is the second season any better than the, when the first season was? Uh, no. No, it's not. Okay. I mean, the only, the, only, <laughs> the only difference in the second season is that what happened at the end of the first season changed her so that she now has feelings and, and can recognize time. Oh. <laughs> and so the, the one sort of character trait type of thing that that was you know part of uh her core character yeah her core character they decided eh, if uh the reason that she was this way was because of her dad's experiments maybe one of these other things will because she was hooked into the uh, you know the other guy and apparently got all his ability to feel i don't know it's so, it's super strange, but they just I, they decided that they needed like a completely different character, I guess, for 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 the next season. So that's where they went. Well, it's good to know that that they can give Stitchers a third season and couldn't give Bunheads a second. Hashtag I'm still bitter. Hashtag never getting over it. Yes. But this is Freeform. Yes. That was ABC Family. Yes. Completely different. Yeah. Totally different. Oh, networks. Yes. oh, totally different network. <laughs> Totally different network. Yes, yes this, is right. also, this is also the network that renewed Shadowhunters. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, a Stitcher Shadowhunters would be an awesome two-hour block of TV. I kind of want to... Shadowhunters is a show I want to go back and see if I can force myself to sit through just to see how bad it gets. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. No, no. Okay. Speaking of things that are not good, but getting more seasons... Uh, FX has renewed American Horror Story for a seventh season. I think I'm the only person still watching the show. Practically every person that I have heard that watches the show, like every season talks about how they liked it in the beginning and then it fell apart in the second half. And I'm like, well, why would you keep doing that to yourself? Well, this one's not good at the beginning, so maybe it'll be better <laughs> at the second half. 
<laughs> Maybe they flipped the script on this one. See, I'm glad to hear that because this is the first time since the first season that I've even thought about watching it just because of the Roanoke connection. Roanoke's not that far from, The Lost Colony's not that far from me. But then I heard that it's really not that big of a connection. No, it's just a mess so far. They've introduced like, way too many different things at the beginning. And like, I, I really enjoyed last season or the circus. No, la, not last season. The circus season I really enjoyed. And some people didn't seem to like it. But I mean, that's the nice thing about it being an anthology. You can yeah. pretty much, <laughs> if you don't like that one, wait till the next one and see if it's something that, that interests you. Yeah. And in this case, if you like the actors, you still might get to watch them. You just get a, you just get a new story that might be better. I'm I'm utterly shocked that Ryan Murphy produced a show that was really really good in the beginning but couldn't maintain its premise over time. I'm <laughs> I'm shocked by that. Yeah. Well, I'm not even I'm not even sure that it's you know it, it's like it renews each season and it it follows that that type of thing where it starts out good and then I mean I really like the beginning of the whatever the witches season, but then like halfway through you were like, what, what is this? What story are they telling? Why is this happening? I have no idea what's going on anymore. And it just, I can't even remember if I finished watching that, that season, but it had, you know, it, it seemed interesting in the beginning and then just went off the rails. And that seems to be the thing I've heard, like I said, about (laughs) subsequent seasons and, so yeah, it's not even Sarah Paulson is enough to get me to watch this show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next up, NBC has canceled Aquarius after two seasons, which was kind of Didn't surprising. Even know that it got it, a second yeah, season. it's kind of surprising that it got a yeah. second season. But there you have it. That's come and gone the last couple summers, and Netflix has renewed The Deep for a second season, uh, but more importantly. Yeah has announced that the first season of Marvel's Iron Fist will drop on March 17th, 2017. So are they planning to do, and I know they've not announced past Iron Fist, but it really feels like they're planning to do Iron Fist, Punisher, and Defenders all in 2017, right? That's I don't what it know. That's like it, they're landing at? I mean, because there's talk that, I mean, they just started filming Punisher, and they've been filming the Defenders, but yet all of the lead-up shows to that unless iron fist is really going to lead into the defenders and somehow draw the other characters in right now everybody else is sort of in a spot where you're like doesn't it seem like jessica jones and luke cage are like a season away from being like at the story point to get to to sort of get in on this i think that's what i think the defenders is going to be defenders is going to be the first avengers movie where it's where it's going to be as much bringing them together than it is them actually being together and fighting as a team. I I assume so. It just seems like story point wise that I mean I guess yeah. you can I guess you can see like where Luke Cage ends that you know you can basically see what where he'll be or what have you, you know, come a, a new season. But it just it just feels weird that I don't know, some of the seasons just don't feel like they've led into going to the defenders they like still except for daredevil like daredevil's touched on it you know with with stuff and it definitely looks iron fist is going to definitely touch on that you know we're almost probably more head on yeah it'll be interesting to see how well iron fist works out i think it's the it's the i think the biggest chance for for a stumble just because it's such a different concept yeah, no, we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm interested to see how they do it, and because the other thing is like bringing them together 
when you, well, you do have you know one character that has you know met three of them so far, so there is you know there is that to be able to you know to bring you know to bring them together. I mean, she's already mentioned right. <laughs> you know I know somebody or I or all of this, but well, I think it's as much the, her commitment to her new role where it says. I want to, you know, when she was talking to her mom at one yeah. point, Luke, she was like, that's what I want to do is I want to help these people. And so you feel like that's going to be, that's going to be, I mean, obviously that's going to be the push to, you know, it's not like they're all just going to run into each other at the Metro one day. Yeah. Hey, you want to, you want to hang out? But yeah, I, I figured, you know, that's the, you know, that's the touch point that gets them all together. It just seems like they're, I don't know. They're not there yet. Just, it just seemed season wise, like you would get. I, I don't know. It feels like, especially since Defenders is supposed to be short, it's not supposed to be like a 13 episode thing as far as I know. And so it seems sort of odd if you're going to spend only like six hours, like how much of that yeah. is actually getting them together. I don't know. So far I've liked everything else. So I'm willing to see what they do and how, and how it works out. But yeah, I got faith. <clears throat> I'll check it out. But who knows? I, I, I know nothing about iron fist. I assume he's got some kind of powerful punch, <laughs> but otherwise... He's got Fist of Iron Man. That's right. <laughs> and then lastly, cl- to close out the news, Stars has renewed Ash vs. Evil Dead for a third season. I enjoyed the first season. I haven't started watching the second one yet. I still haven't finished the first season. It's just another show that I liked in the beginning, and I, but I have access to it at any time <laughs> via On Demand, so... See, that's why I, I signed up to get the, the Blu-ray for review, so that forces me <laughs> to to watch it. Uh, so there you go. Look for a Season 2 Ash vs. Evil Dead review coming soon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know when the Blu-ray is coming. But... Sometime around, whenever it's coming out, you'll be able to find a review mm-hmm. at noreaders.net. So there you go. Well, that's why I signed up for the Black Sails Season 3 Blu-ray, <laughs> to force me to get caught up before the final season. Uh, all right. Still, it's just, there's just too many things and things that I have access to like all the time are things that get pushed off. Even if, even if they're things that I like kind of more than other things, I'm like, I got to get this off the DVR. I got to get this off the DVR. Only a handful of things like, like Luke Cage is something that gets binged over that first weekend. Because that's what I needed right here at the beginning of the fall season. <laughs> was, yeah, thanks was, Netflix. Was thirteen hours, and and not just thirteen episodes. Almost thirteen hours. There's a lot of like fifty plus minute episodes in that in that run. They seem to be releasing like a show every week, which is just absurd. Like, who has time for that in the fall? Yeah, like, well, there's way too much stuff on. We were talking about that last week on the cable and streaming, you know, fall preview episode that. Between Amazon and Netflix, there's something coming like almost every Friday and sometimes multiple things. And Netflix has so much stuff coming that they're premiering the fall on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) And they have a couple of shows that are premiering on Thursdays, you know, because they also have things. Now they're not even just dropping things on just Friday. They're dropping things multiple times a week. Eventually, they're going to have like 365 <laughs> new shows a year and drop one every day. <laughs> I mean, you well, they, the best they, part about not writing full time is I don't have to watch those shows if I don't want to. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Well, I don't have to watch them either, but it's just yeah, it's just the thing is, is that every once in a while, one of those looks interesting and you're just like, but 
<laughs> yeah, but it's, it's it'll still be there come summer when there's nothing else on. Well, that's what I said last year, and then I watched like literally nothing <laughs> over the summer <laughs> except for like Killjoys and Dark Matter. Mm, I still have true. I still have half the season of Mr. Robot sitting on the DVR. I got um I think I've got two full seasons of Mr. Robot to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized the other day that I still have two thirds of the season of the librarians and that starts back up in in November. So I gotta get caught up on that. Yeah, I've got no seasons of that to watch. I wouldn't even make the joke about having two seasons to watch. I've got zero. That's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And on that note of our overstuffed DVRs and what we need to get rid of, we'll move on to our primetime segment. Primetime! Where we've got five shows to talk about, all that I got off my DVR, which was good, because I watched the last couple episodes of Pitch and Designated Survivor, and so that was able to, to help me out with getting a few things off the DVR. But first up, we're talking about The Flash, Season 3, Episode 1, Flashpoint. And Ivy, we'll start with you. Oh, I was really hoping you would start with Jason. Um, <laughs> I mean, with Kyle, excuse me. Uh, the so, other Jason. Well, because, yeah, the other Jason. You know, Jason, Jason. So, so Jason, what do you um, think about it? Well, I, uh... <laughs> kid, it's Kid Jason. <laughs> yeah, it's Jason from uh, Earth 2. That's, that's right. It's actually, it's actually Jason from Earth 2, but in the Flashpoint storyline. Because now there's a whole lot of Jasons out there, man, if you didn't know. <laughs> but is it evil Jason, or is he still... You've got to wait to the Christmas finale to find that out. Or is it like Barry, where he's still happy-go-lucky no matter what <laughs> universe he's in? <laughs> so, I, based on my Facebook feed of my friends' reactions and, and Twitter's reactions to this show, I think that my opinion will be very contrary. I was not all that excited about it. I think it was fun to see the doppelgangers, but we've already seen doppelgangers. We've already seen different versions of, of the characters that we're familiar with. So, you know, we've seen a bad guy, um, Cisco, and we've seen, you know, we've seen evil Cisco and evil, evil Caitlin. So to see, um, you know, tech billionaire Cisco and um, pediatric, optometrist Caitlin, you know, to see those different versions wasn't all that new. So it really felt like it's like, oh, okay, we're going to be twiddling our thumbs to get through this flashpoint storyline that we set up um, because we don't want to expand it to multiple to the multiple shows because we can't we can't steal the first three episodes of Arrow to tell a flashpoint story. So we have to wrap it up in one way very quickly, but then set up this weird scenario. So, um, weird scenario where, oh, wow. Um, why can't I think Iris, um, where Iris is, is now disappeared is, is not a part of the story anymore. So it felt like flashpoint is this huge, massive thing in DC. Um, but it feels like it was thrown away and just glossed through in one episode here. And even in the way it was glossed through, was nothing new and nothing dynamic and nothing special. And I think that's a shame because if, if, and I'm not even the big comic book fan uh, out there, but if you're going to invoke uh, this storyline, I, you know, I'm enough familiar with it to know that it needs to be big and special. And this episode was neither of those things to me. How about you, Kyle? 
for me, like, I just found it, like, like Ivy was saying, like, I really enjoyed the doppelganger one last season. This I just found more confusing. Like, that one was at least fun because it's like, you know your your characters are still around. These are just our characters. But now these are, like, the ones that are supposed to replace our characters. And I just got a little confused the, the first time I was watching, like, just figuring out what was even going on and, like, just, like with like the kid flash and the uh the rival and like how long he had been there it was just a little confusing like why he didn't know certain things or why iris didn't know him even though he worked with her father like all of that was a little uh little confusing at first and then like ivy said they just like sort of like undid it all really quickly by the end of the episode Although things aren't still aren't the same, so we're gonna see still different versions of these characters. So who knows what we're gonna see for these characters? And, and I, you had said like they don't want to cross over with Arrow, but one thing I was confused about, like at the very end, we have like that villain that writes like alchemy on the on the wall or something like that, and the voice sounded similar to the villain that we see at the in the Arrow episode. So I didn't know if there's some kind of tie there or or what that villain was at the end of of this episode i think so the alchemy character is supposed to be a character named dr alchemy and i don't think and somebody somebody deeper rooted or more familiar with the with the spoilers i don't think that's related to the i don't think it's the same guy but what do i know you know what i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't re- I don't remember and I don't feel like that's where those stories are going. I feel like they're separate they're they're setting up two separate big bads for both of those two separate shows. Yeah, so I, just, yeah, I, I, you know. I just didn't pay attention to when they're doing these crossovers, so I didn't know if it was coming up right away and so they're already setting up similar villains to go across both shows. Or well, I know I know you're spoiler averse, but I don't think the crossover event is going to be related to either of the show's big bads. I think that's going to be a se- I, it's a separate thing. That's just supposition. Yeah, I wasn't sure like how they were going to do stuff. Like how how are they going to do this whole thing where since they have these connected shows, like how is it going to change uh, those things? So basically, it doesn't because of how they they end things here. Except that the ending makes no sense to me. Like, why would going back and letting the thing happen, even if it, say, she now dies, what, like a couple seconds later than she would have died uh, originally or something like that, all of a sudden that changes, that still makes changes in the timeline, and when they get back, now the reverse flash, he just takes off? Like, so where is the reverse flash? Like, is he now around? Like, did the other things not happen with the reverse flash because... Well, I think I think your your second quest question answers your first. See, I, I think and I could totally be wrong, but my supposition is that is that the reverse flash somehow it wasn't it wasn't reversing flashpoint that ended with I that ended Iris's story or killed Iris or whatever, whatever that whatever the disposition of Iris is in this new timeline. Um, but just just because, you know, Barry helped the reverse flash out doesn't mean the reverse flash still doesn't hate and is trying to kill Barry. So to go back and kill his love in the past would not be a reach. Yeah. But that that's the thing is like, what is like, they're now back to so-called present day. And you would think that things would be the, the same, except that like 
the reverse flash is also there now, but you've taken him out of <laughs> the previous timeline where you dealt with him in, in season one. Like, does that stuff still not happen? Like, has that stuff happened still? There's just You're too just giving me a headache. There's too many things. There's too many things with what they did here that are way too confusing with the time travel stuff. Is I don't understand how the time travel stuff works. I don't understand why when they came back this time that the previous versions like disappeared. Like he's talking to his mother and then he just fades away. And so does the you know the the previous reverse flash that was in the corner. Yet all the other times that he's gone back, we've seen multiple versions of Barry looking at himself, you know, looking at different versions of himself. And none of them, I don't remember them like just disappearing or stuff. I don't, I, I literally with this episode have no absolute clue how time travel works in the show. And I'm not sure they do either. I mean, I think the rules yeah. may have changed a little this time around. And the other stuff that bothered me is, is the whole episode felt like, hey, what is something we could do to give some of our actors something different to play one time or something like that? Like, that was right. the reason for doing it, not because they had an actual interesting story to tell. Uh, other things that bother me in the episode is why saving his mother makes Cisco still a tech genius, yet that turned it into bi- billions of dollars, yet Caitlin still sort of became a doctor, but not the same kind yet other people (laughs) that he wouldn't have known either, (laughs) you know, like Iris and stuff, still a reporter. Dad's still a cop. Yeah. He's still the, the one that got me the most is he's still the forensics guy yet. Wasn't the whole reason he went into that because his mother died. And his dad was put away for the crime. So if that didn't happen, what would be, where was the impetus in that period of time that still makes him a CSI at the end? Uh, all, all these story things, just they, they were just too confusing to me. None of it made sense. Uh, and the, the fun of seeing some of these characters and some of the stuff didn't overcome that type of stuff. Like listening to Kid Flash give his story as how he became... Uh, the Flash, yet the Flash is still the Flash. And I'm assuming still became the Flash the same way at the same time, yet he's been, in this timeline, just been hanging out for a couple of years while the other while the other guy became the Flash. Yeah. None of it made sense. It just it it just was way too confusing. And then the way they leave it is now okay it's the same but just one this one little thing uh or or big and there could be more there could be more yeah but that's the other problem i have with the idea of doing it is that you take away two years of character development (laughs) i i really don't like that like you've been you've been following these these people for two years and then all of a sudden you're going to get uh, in this case you know slightly tweaked possibly versions because now apparently there's something that's either happened to Iris or they're not talking or she's dead or whatever, whatever is going to be the answer to why Iris wasn't there uh, at the end of the episode. It just, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It just, I'm going to keep watching because the other stuff around the show, I, I enjoy and stuff. 
but it really, I don't know. To me, it was really a downer to to watch this because you, I, I say you either go big <laughs> or you don't do it at all. And since they didn't go big, it just he went home. It, it they, yeah. they should have went home. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say perhaps they should go big or perhaps go Barry home. Should go home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just I, I don't know. I I just yeah, Barry shouldn't go home. <laughs> that. Yeah, there was just too much, uh, too much of a mess for me. That it just, it just makes everything messy, and not in a good or interesting way, in a bad and frustrating way. That makes no sense. That no amount of drawing on a whiteboard or clear glass panel is going to explain and make sense as to what's going on. Go buy some string and some push pins, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk to you in a year when you've gotten insane. <laughs> that's just the thing is i i remember i remember what like somebody posted a video talking about how the whole like you know when reverse flash shows up again last season and and all this stuff like how he could still be or come here or whatever after his, he supposedly died or all this stuff and it made sense after watching the video but the thing was is I don't believe that I should have to watch a video that tells me how the show works. The show should do that itself. I shouldn't have to have supplemental materials to try and understand what's going on. I should be able to understand what's going on from what they show me on the screen. And that's not happening. Also, why are the time race apparently selective as to when they or who they go after for changing time? Or, or doing things. I don't, I, that I don't understand either. It's whenever it's convenient for the plot. Yeah. Because <laughs> apparently they, uh, there's the one time they went after Barry, but, but subsequent times he's made huge changes to things and yet <laughs> they never show up. I don't, I just. Unless I was one of them at the end with the voice. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Just too many things. Just if, if you're watching the flash and you understand what's going on, please write in. <laughs> Feedback at tvtimes3.com with your explanation as to what's going on. I still don't think I should need supplemental ex- explanation as to what's going on, but I can use all the help I can get as of right now. And with that, we'll move on to Arrow. Season 5, Episode 1, Legacy. Otherwise known as basically redoing the pilot? Like, yeah. <laughs> Reboot! <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so Kyle, start with you this time. What do you think? So I, I didn't hate it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't hate it. That's a very didn't hate it. <laughs> No, I mean, a lot of the characters I didn't really care about. Why? Well, I don't care about Oliver. Like they could get rid of him, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like a lot of the other characters, I don't know if they're coming back because I don't pay attention to any of the thing, but. I like the idea of just starting fresh with a new team and just scrapping everyone. Unlike on The Flash, where I actually do like all the characters, and I didn't like that they were sort of doing that inadvertently. But, and, and I mean, the flashbacks weren't annoying as they usually were. I mean, it might actually be a somewhat interesting story of him trying to to infiltrate or become part of this, this I don't know what they are, like a mafia or something. The Russian um, mob, the Bratva. Uh, so that that might actually be interesting for the first time. <laughs> the uh, the flashbacks, uh, like I still don't understand why they're holding on to uh, the old 
captain or what's whatever his role is now. Like he just seems to be like he doesn't really have any tie anymore to the the town or anything. So I'm not sure why he's still there. But uh, yeah, I mean the the one thing I d- I don't. Like, I know it's probably what people love about the show. I The stunts and stuff always look way too choreographed, the fight scenes. It just feels like I'm watching, like, one of those, like, uh, stunt shows uh, at, like, uh, at uh, Disney or something with all the, the punching and the fighting and stuff. But I, I'm really only hanging on to this show because of the crossovers. But this season looks like it might be decent, so I'm hoping for the best. How about you, Ivy? I'm I'm still a big fan of this show. I I did a a real powered through a watch through at the end of the summer of the whole show. Although I will I, I will defend this show all all day and all night, but I won't defend last season either because last season was a mess. Um, <laughs> with with the one shining example of while the character was written poorly and written all over the place, uh, Neil McDonald. At Neil, as um, Damian Dark was, his performance was awesome. I enjoyed the heck out of that. Yeah, I liked how in this season, <laughs> the start of the season, Oliver references one of the major problems with last season <laughs> in that he could yeah. have killed Damian Dark <laughs> like multiple times, but didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I don't know that I'm looking forward to, I, like, a new team sounds great. The best part about the old team was with the exception of Laurel and with a kind of exception of, well, I guess I'm lying because we saw Laurel go through it. We saw Roy go through it and we saw Thea go through it. Although Thea did it in her own way. And by the time we met Thea again, she was a, a badass. Um, it fit this. I don't, I don't want to see a green. I don't want to see the, you know, the junior justice league running around town with three or four people that, that aren't of the caliber that, Sarah was or Thea was, you know, it's going to be, it's going to feel like the junior varsity team for a long time, you know, unless, unless Oliver recruits some people with some, well, you know, with some talent instead of, you know, the guys off the street kind of thing. Well, it seemed like the guy with the mask off the street had some talent. The, yeah, the, at least that... his first recruit. I don't know who else he's going to recruit. Well, he's um, also recruiting the nerdy guy, which I, I really like that character. So, Oh yeah, uh, I'm a big fan. Not enough of his to know and... his name, but I like that character. <laughs> um, yeah, and 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 I know you know some of some of who he's going to recruit is is out there, Kyle, and I know you're avoiding it, so I won't mention it. Um, but the the one now, while I'm not looking forward to the team, the one positive that I'll look for is, uh, and I I like Oliver and Felicity together. I I enjoy them as characters. I enjoy them as characters together. Um, when they focus, when the writing focuses on them being together too much, I think that's where you see a breakdown. But, you know, the whole episode was great. The witty banter was back. And when we got to that final scene where Felicity was with someone, it could just as easily have been Oliver and not been Oliver. You know what I mean? Like their relationship was, the chemistry was back and it didn't have to be about being them being romantically engaged or not. And I think... When they when when the when the story focuses on them being a couple instead of just letting them be a couple, you know that's that's where you see a breakdown. So I really enjoyed seeing that dynamic back and seeing them as teammates first back. And 
the rest of the story kind of doesn't matter. It can be in the them as a relationship can be in the background and work or not work. But it was nice to see them back together in this way. But I miss the old team. You know, I think ultimately that's the one thing that I take away from having watched the the whole series uh, this summer was that I, I missed Sarah being a part of the team. And I missed uh, even Roy, to an extent, being a part of the team. And I'm not looking forward to him putting a new team together. So I think it's just because the old team was so great um, and talented. I think that's you know going to be one of the biggest concerns with it. So Well, it, um, it, same, it gives you a similar thing as to... The Flash is that you have all this years of character development, and then all of a sudden we're going to put these characters aside for a while while we develop some new characters, which is, which hopefully some of these new characters will be good, but it's still sort of weird because you, you sort of jettison the thing that you've been building all this time, at least for, you know, at least for the time being. I have no doubt that it's not going to be, you know, a permanent thing that. I'm sure some of these, some of the, some of them will be back, and some of the new ones will stay, and you know there'll be a new hybrid team going forward. I'm sure, but there were there were a couple things that bothered me about this episode. One, while I suppose that if you're some big bad criminal guy that thinks you're smarter than everybody else, maybe you would head to Star City to for, I don't know, the challenge of it or something. But if you've been ransacking various cities on your way and then you decide you're going to set up shop in Star City when they have Green Arrow, it just is one of those things that doesn't make any sense because how, unless you're like a completely delusional character because of, have you not heard of the caliber of people that he's dispatched? (laughs) in the past four seasons. And secondly, on top of that, the whole idea of when he was going out after this guy and, you know, the people that he had around him or whatever, and everybody keeps telling him that he can't do it alone and that he, that he needs a team and all this stuff. And I kind of get the need for, you know, a team somewhat, except that he's also the guy that dispatched Damien Dark and Ra's al Ghul, and Deathstroke, and Malcolm Merlin twice. Why would anybody be worried about this new guy in town that he couldn't take him on by himself? There were just things like that that just bothered me uh, story-wise. Didn't make sense, but made sense in that, hey, we need to introduce, we need to, we need to have fun a little for a little while and introduce you to some new characters that we want to bring forth. And similar to The Flash, the problem I have right now with Arrow starting out this season is it doesn't feel necessarily like they have an interesting story to tell. They have a toy box they want to play with, and that's why they're doing things. And when you can see sort of the machinations of the writers as to that's the reason, not because of anything else, it's it pulls me out of watching these types of shows or any type of show. Well, they have a couple. They have a couple of bad guys. Yeah, well, on the, you know, on the whole of it, I know that it's the me. You know, it's all made up. You know, it's everything's made up. But when you're watching the show and you can see that type of stuff, you can see what they're doing. You know, everything is on TV is a manipulation. But when you can see the manipulation, 
that's when that's when I start to have a problem with things. Now, now, did that like they had the guy from uh, from The Walking Dead on there? Was that uh, did you think that was like a purposeful callback to like the Negan scene when he's like holding the bat and going like duck duck goose <laughs> over everyone? That's all I could think of. It's like, oh, he's from Walking Dead. We're gonna make this little homage to the Negan Negan scene. Well, that was the other thing that bothered me in the in this episode too was. You talked about the choreography of the fight scene. It was yeah. so obviously not him fighting Arrow. <laughs> like, the person that was supposed to be that character fighting Arrow was so much smaller than the actual person. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was bizarre. Like, you couldn't have found somebody with a similar stature to do those fight scenes because it was it was so clearly, like, a different person. It reminded me of other shows in the past that you know where you could clearly like something like like Buffy at times where you could clearly tell it wasn't Sarah Michelle Gellar in the fight scene mm. and they weren't as good and see that's the thing is they are so good these days at choreographing fight scenes and so much better at it these days and Arrow is one of the best at doing it that something that was so glaring like that also pulled me out of uh, out of the episode, I was like, wait, wait, he's no, that don't look right. <laughs> when, and when your brain's doing that type of stuff, you're you're again, you're out of the story. I'm, I'm going to keep watching because I like these shows and I I'm hoping similar to last season that once we get past the first nine episodes and head to the big crossover and stuff like that, that we'll move into actual story arcs for the season for for each show on you know more on their own but i am looking forward to the premiere of supergirl tonight so hey oh <laughs> that's on the plus side because it looks like they fixed one of the flaws of last season on that show too which was superman never appearing in person on the show although it seems like a cop-out like it's supposed to be supergirl and now you're bringing on superman like it's supposed to be her show it's still gonna be her show but the idea, especially with who the bad guy was, the overall season bad guy was last season, the idea that Clark was not going to be involved just seems super bizarre. And the idea that the way they did bring him in was just to see, like, the bottom half of Superman laying on a table or, you know, the sun shining in his face or something like that was just... Those were moments that took me out of the first season where you were just like, you could see them doing stuff but then it was it just felt dumb the way they were doing it so see i i recognize because a lot of people thought felt that way but for whatever reason n neither of those things and how they treated superman didn't bother me but i don't know maybe it's because i found her so engaging and have never really liked superman as a character in anything so <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I was hoping they didn't bring him in but if you're going to have him in the world it just felt weird that you would only see these bizarre little flashes or things like he would show up and leave real quick or something like that. That kind of stuff. If you're going to have him, have him. If you're not. Don't. But he was constantly yeah. texting her over an open network yes. so that everyone could read. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm interested to, you know, to see that. But I'll still I'll say that if the people that are terrorizing the Earth are other people from your home planet and that the only two good guys left from that planet are not teaming up to do battle that seems really odd to me. 
But enough of that, since Supergirl is not on the list this week. <laughs> Maybe next week. We'll move on to Designated Survivor, Season 1, Episode 3, The Confession, is the latest episode to air. And, Ivy, what are you thinking about Designated Survivor so far? This show should be so much better than it is. Oh, my God. Yes, it yes. should. <laughs> yes. It's, yeah. it's too good. I mean, it's got too good of an idea and too good of a cast, truly, in most roles to be this mediocre. And I can't it's I don't think I don't think it's a good representation of what would happen in that situation. I don't think these people, even as 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 the way the characters are constituted beyond the president would act the way that they're acting. I just I, I don't believe it doesn't feel authentic in any way, shape, form or fashion. And I think that is a, a large part to why it's why it feels just so average. I don't. Yes, I recognize that all of the politicians, you know, that they, they wiped out the government. This this whole concept was, you know, Clancy has done this in probably one of my all time favorite books. So I was really looking forward to it. But just because just because they wiped out all the politicians doesn't mean that you've got to have a a 29-year-old kid run the White House for you. Like, I don't believe this guy has the political, has the organizational chops to do this job. And it's that's just one small example of what piles up every episode that just feels so... This feels... The way, the way these characters treat their situation feels like this show should be on Freeform. You know, we knocked it or we knocked Freeform earlier, but it feels like this is the Freeform's version of what this show of what this story should be. Again, with the exception of the president, I'm really enjoying Keith or Sutherland's not not necessarily hesitant, but close to being a hesitant president in that situation, because that's I feel that's more realistic than that's the most realistic portrayal they've done on the entire show. So. It just it needs to be better than it is, and it's not going to be. So I don't know what the ratings look like, but it's not landing, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, it's some of the things like, like you said, maybe he would look at his previous chief of staff just because of the familiarity there. But why would this other guy be the only person left in Washington that could possibly be just because he happened to be working in that White House? You now keep him on. Why is that the only two choices? Also, the idea that like a day later, apparently your biggest goal is figuring out how to get that job. Like, like you're everybody like you're, you're two days after this disaster and there's already people that are trying to jockey for power in a in a vacuum. Some of that felt, I don't know, forced or weird. And maybe, you know, I mean, people are terrible. So I suppose that that could be the type of situation or, you know, things that would happen. But to me, the, my biggest problem with it is there doesn't seem to be any urgency, even though right. it's only a couple days later. And some of the, some of the stuff they're doing just when the way they put the episodes together, like there's some transitional scenes where you have the presidential motorcade heading to the bombing site. And there's literally nobody on the street yet in another scene, the buses seem to be running on time and people are just out walking around <laughs> on the street in Washington, D.C. a day after a bomb just leveled the, you know, the Capitol. Yeah, I mean, think of what happened after 9-11 
and everything was like shut down. You know, they they talk about in the episode of or in one of the last couple episodes of the of leaving ATMs open but shutting down banks and the airlines are down. Yet they show these transitional shots of it looks like it's normal city life in downtown Washington D.C. at times, and then other people seem to be just like going about their business and stuff like that. Yet it also the family side of the drama type of things where in this situation, it doesn't seem like in the first couple of days after this transition that there'd be a lot of time for family. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. His, his six thirty PM family dinner. Yeah. We're going to do that like two days after the president got killed. And <laughs> there's just things like that where I could see it having a family story, but he's not necessarily involved yet or, but they, they write this whole story about how, the previous president's son was actually estranged from his father. And, and so that makes him want to not be estranged from his family and, and stuff yet. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's just a lot of, there's just a lot of stuff that should be better and tighter uh, in the show. And, and it's not, and the flashes of Kiefer, like actually making a decision or going out to the site later on when there's no cameras, and things like that, there's not enough of those type of good scenes that overcome so many of the problems that the show has that I thought had a, a like you said, Ivy, a great premise, and I thought a pretty solid opening episode then has really faltered in the in the next couple. How about you, Kyle? What do you think? Yeah, I, I the pilot I thought was excellent, and I was really looking forward to this. I don't think it's bad, but it's just not anywhere near as good as I thought it was going to be. I mean, they've set up some interesting. Tw- I mean, the general, the whole general, who's obviously planted this video so that he can make his start his war that he wants to start. Yet somehow. Um, the the president there is completely clueless and never even suspects maybe this uh, video was just conveniently provided when someone somehow broke into our system and only left a video like it's all like so suspect yet he doesn't really he thinks it's suspect it's part of yeah i guess it's part of what he thinks is suspect but it it just looks like they're going towards the the whole thing is going to be that there was actually some American plot that they're trying to make it look like uh, this other thing for, for whatever reason, you know, it's going to be some other, it's going to be some non foreign group that is the, the perpetrator. Yes. I mean, the, and then they set up the, the interesting dynamic between him and the, the other designated survivor, how she pretends like she doesn't really want the job, but she's already plotting her, her four year. Yeah, she's already <laughs> she she came out of it and within within two days is already executing her strategy for the, the next election. It's amazing uh, that she days, had all this time to plan that. <laughs> yeah, two days after two days after the bombing, she's already uh, instituted her, her plan. Yeah, it's stuff like that that just feels out of place in I mean I could see that way later in the season, but not like two days after this yeah. thing happened. Like or a few weeks in after you've, uh, you know, you've started to figure out things like reestablishing a cabinet and getting spe- a new Congress, yeah, special <laughs> elections and whatever you're going to do for yeah. for getting a new, you know, a new Congress and a new Supreme Court and all these types of things. You got to get one before you can get the other. And there is a very specific order that it has to happen in because you can't get a new 
you can't get a new Supreme Court unless they're they're <laughs> consented by the, and yeah. you can't get you can't get a cabinet unless I mean you can you could establish acting cabinet members, but they can't be confirmed without Congress either. Yeah. So, it's yeah. There's a there's a there's a, a pre-described guys. I hear you about the pilot. It was the worst pilot of the season for me. Of, of the stuff that I watch, and you guys know I don't watch everything anymore. Because all of the problems that we're talking about, I felt that they were in the pilot, too. It did not feel authentic. Well, yeah, they did have some of the stuff in the pilot, like the general guy talking about how we need to make sure this guy doesn't end up being president or, you know, these types of things. That it's all bizarre in when it's literally ours. You know, there was some of that type of stuff. But I thought those were hopefully just like potential little, you know, like this character's just playing it too big, you know, type of thing. That's all they, you know, you haven't been able to introduce all these other characters yet. So you get the caricature of what what the power hungry general would be and stuff like that. And so the thing is, is in the, the next couple episodes, they haven't done better on those type of things. They've actually done more of those bad things. Right. It's yeah. The, the scene that put me off the most, and I know it's a tiny, tiny thing, but it was the scene in the pilot where the president, and the first lady, and the speechwriter are all sitting in the Oval Office working on a speech. And I'm like, at the beginning of the episode, they kind of said, hey, you're going to be on the air in 60 minutes. So in that 60-minute time frame, after you've walked into the, the PIOC for the first time, you're going to go upstairs and have a you know quick conversation with, with your speechwriter? No! Not even I don't even think he would have in in a real situation he would have even read the speech before he sits there, but that's yeah it's just that was and it was like I said and it was a tiny thing but it just said hey if we're not gonna if they're not gonna get something that small right I have no faith and and like I said and I keep watching because I I'm hoping that they tighten those things up but it's they have it in two episodes so I don't I'm I'm not going away I'm gonna watch the whole season because it's already been picked up for the full year. But I, I'm just I'm hoping it finds its way because it certainly hasn't yet. Yeah, well, I, I don't know at this point, as becomes the thing that we talk about all the time with the proliferation of TV. There's there's certain shows that at a certain point in the past I would have continued to watch. But if it's still like this five, six, seven episodes in where I'm not it hasn't turned into what I was hoping it would be or I'm enjoying it because I watched the last two episodes back to back over the weekend and it was not holding my attention. Like I was, you know, having to force myself like, yeah, don't don't pick up the phone and start playing words with friends right now. (laughs) (laughs) Keep keep watching the the episode. Don't check your email or, you know, don't. And so like my mind was wandering off of it wasn't really holding my attention. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't drawn in to it as nearly as much as even with, like you said, Ivy, with the problems that the pilot had, I thought there was enough there that it, it left me at a spot where I was like, Oh, I want to see what happens next. And then it, and then it turns out I didn't. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I've got a way they can fix it. How they do they can fix tr- it? Uh, 
they can turn it into White House Down. He becomes Jack Bauer, <laughs> and he just takes out all the terrorists who are attacking the White House. All and right, I'm with you. So, so what? So what we need to do <laughs> is Barry needs to go back and save his mom again, and that's the flashpoint that turns the house, the urban, <laughs> the housing and urban development secretary into Jack Bauer. Boom. Perfect. All Call right. Back. Well, now that we've fixed Designated Survivor, move on to the next show on the list, which is Pitch, Season 1, Episode 3, Beanball. And since you're a huge sports fan, Kyle, we'll start with you. (laughs) I found this particularly confusing, not being a sports fan. This episode, understanding what the different rules were and, like, the different – the guy who was going to be pulled out and sent off the DL list, whatever that means – um, and so he was going to be sent back to the miners and then someone else was coming back in. And then this whole deal about, oh, you hit the other guy with the ball and now he's going to hit you with the ball. That part I found just all confusing because I'm not a sports ball person. <laughs> but uh, uh, but I, I mean, this is another one where I, I really enjoyed the pilot, but it hasn't really lived up to what I was hoping. Like, in the, especially with all like the flashback stuff in this, like her whole story about um, like how this other guy like basically tricked her into sleeping with him, and then wasn't really gonna quit baseball, and now he's back, and now he's playing against her. Like, I just wasn't really all they're interested in in that storyline. The other thing I found confusing was just the whole thing with the coach versus manager versus like, I don't understand any of these different positions, like who actually runs a team versus who owns a team and all that other stuff. So I, the, that's just me being a non sports person. I, I found myself lost quite a bit during this episode. How about you, Ivy? What did, uh, what did you think? <laughs> The the pitch pilot worried me because I think I think this is this is an incredibly cool idea for a show, um, and it's it's I think it's an I I'd love to see a female in in the in not necessarily major league because I am I am a sports fan Kyle but I can't stand baseball I hate baseball with a passion um, but <laughs> but this whole idea I think it's it's really really cool but I I think the pilot struggled for. Uh, there were some struggles there, and that's not necess- not nearly as bad to me as as designated survivor. But in that same thing, it's like, well, I w- I want to see these things fixed before I'm going to commit to it. And this was the episode that I really felt s- started to fix those issues. I don't I don't care at all about her father. I I I, lo- I love Michael Beach, but I don't don't need to see her father every week because it's it's just a it's the story signs is just a little too cliche for me a little too trite. So I don't, I don't want to see that week to week. And you talk about Jason, you talked about characters earlier. Allie Larder chewed through every second she was in, in the pilot. And it really put me off. Um, and I, like I said, and I, I like Allie Larder. You know I mean, she's not, you know, she's not going to do Shakespeare. She's not going to win Academy Awards or Emmys or anything, but I've, I enjoy her on screen because I think she plays, for the most part, plays the characters that she gets very well, you know, well enough to be intriguing. Um, but my, my problem with the pilot is when the best part of your show that's about a, a woman breaking into the major leagues is the, you know, the, the aging 
aging catcher played by, you know, good old MPG, um, you know, that's a problem for me. But but I really think within the second episode and then really this third episode where where Allie Larder's character is given more to do than just yell at people about, um, you know, her, her client not getting the, the work that she needs. And I think they've um, they've woven a pretty good the, the politics of. The, the ownership of a baseball team, especially a team owned by multiple people, which is which is really kind of um, something interesting when you look at teams that are owned by by groups like that. Um, and I think that they wove the story with the manager pretty well. Um, you got the manager, you got the general manager, you got the owner. And Kyle, I, I know, you're right. That is confusing. Um, but I think fans of baseball... I'm sure um, people sure. know exactly what's going on. To me, I just don't understand the the whole man. Because I remember in the first episode, I thought Mike Paul Gosseler was like somehow like a coach or something, and that's why I got all confused. Yeah, as to I mean, what he's going. He's he's probably the clubhouse leader. He's probably I don't know if baseball has captains, but he's probably captain. He's the he's the guy that the that the players are going to listen to when the coach is out of the room, kind of thing. Um, but no, like I said, I you know not to belabor the point. I, I think that th- this was the episode that made me think that this could be a viable show long term. Um, it started to fix those issues that I, I felt they presented in the pilot, and really made gave each of the characters enough agency that I I care about seeing where their story goes, including this budding romance between the two you know between the agent and the catcher kind of thing. So I, I'm I'm in now m- much more than I was two weeks ago. Yeah, the the pilot was good, but it also had that whole father storyline that was only there to give you a twist in that and story. I don't think the twist was that good big. I don't I don't think that it mattered that much. But yet when you see that at the end, you go, "Wait, what kind of show is this?" Right. Like what <laughs> is is this It's going to be a ghost dad show. Yeah, like how is is she going to be talking to her her dead father <laughs> a lot where you actually where you actually see him, you know, but nobody else does like what. And so it like was good. And then it had this weird thing that you just was like, well, gosh, the, this guy really likes doing twists at the end of his episodes. This one didn't work as well as this is us, but yeah, because of what they were doing, because you were like, well, what is this going to be? And so then we have two more episodes here. (laughs) And while the father gets mentioned in, episodes you don't see him at all and there's no like when she's having any problems or any things that she goes you know that she's talking to her dead father or whatever and so you're like okay so what kind of show is if this is what it's going to be i'm fine with that i mean i think it, i think it's better if we get the father in just flashbacks where we will see different points of her life where he was you know still alive and not necessarily these weird you know ghost dad scenes uh, if that was just something of the pilot, uh, I, I'd be more than happy with that because the last couple episodes have been really good. I think, like you said, they've they've expanded out the world. You've gotten to know a little bit more about some of the other characters. You've now met some of the, you know, ownership as well. You, you've seen how well, like, you know, the, the manager uh, knows how to manipulate the system himself, you know, to, yeah, keep, to, to, to keep his job. And then they gave... Ali Larder, a Jerry Maguire moment, uh, having some devastating personal news followed by not really uh, being enthused about 
a prequel to the prequel of X-Men, which I thought was, <laughs> which was, which was sort of a, a funny little line, you know, throwaway in there when they were talking about it since she was, you know, not a sports agent to, and that she saw this female picture and went, I could, I could do something with that, that, that interests me and, and, you know, takes off and quits. That gave her a little more, made her character way more interesting than, than she was just this pushy big time agent, you know, type of thing. I'm going to make you famous that type of stuff. It gave a real sort of grounding to and more interesting backstory. And so, so yeah, I think they, they did a, a good job in the last couple episodes of, of expanding uh, out the things I like that the catcher's ex-wife is the one of the you know the big talkers on sports TV you know type oh, thing. Oh, I forgot that. That yeah. I thought that was I thought that was pretty good. I also like that. Oh, why am I blanking on her name? But the actress is actually married to a baseball player. I think. Oh yeah, um... that was kind of a, a meta in, in itself. But yeah, I I think you're right where. I like the sort of Mark Paul Gosselaar's character, you know, the catcher and the pitcher uh, dynamic. I like this. I like this last episode with the beanball thing. It's one of the unwritten rules of baseball, Kyle, that if you throw at one of my players, we're going to throw at one of your players. Yeah, but she was, th- but it sounded like she was thrown because he threw at another player and, and hurt him like weeks before. It was right. way before. That was the last time they had played. They play a series and then, it's not. It might be a month or two before they play that team again, if at all. And so this was them playing that team again, which was the thing was is that they had thrown at the guy that's out that didn't that she was taking his place because he was injured. Oh, I missed that. And that was the whole thing. Is she actually throws? She ends up throwing at him, even though you know the catcher tells her not to because they're all sort of trying to protect her. And then when they come back out, the other guy won't even, you know, kind of throws one sort of near her, but then basically he, like, intentionally walks her. And, you know, she goes out and gets in a fight. And then the guy that had been her biggest detractor, like, sort of came around. And then again, you know, at the end, you know, invited her to come along with the rest of them to go get a drink after the game. And so that was sort of the moment in that that sort of, you know, brought the one guy around a little bit. Yeah, he seemed to forgive her, like, way too – have a sudden change of heart, like, way too quickly just because she threw the ball at this other guy. Then all that's, of a sudden... that's how things work in baseball, though, Kyle. <laughs> like, that's the yeah. – that she was willing to even though – and she was willing to go out there and stand in even though she knew that since she hit him, she was going to get hit back. That's the unwritten but rule. How long does this unwritten rule? Because if continues, he was hitting them because he hit the other guy before, it just keeps it goes going. forever. Yes, it just, it just keeps. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of until there's a big fight, and then yeah, you know, everyone knows they've got to stop. Or that's when they'll start getting thing. I know it probably happens in real life, but all everyone charging onto the field and fighting is just absurd. It happens all the time <laughs> in, <laughs> in baseball. That's exactly this is exactly what happens. And I'll, I'll give them this: they're I think they do a good job of of sort of recreating the baseball aspect of the show. And I, I, and the main thing I like that is that it is endorsed by major league baseball. So that they're actually the Padres and they're actually playing other major league teams. And so it's not one of those where they're making up, you know, some sort of sports team or a whole nother league that's, you're supposed to believe also exists. 
I like that it's San Diego so that every time there's one of the establishing shots, I can go, hey, there's my hotel from yeah. Comic-Con. <laughs> hey, that's where I went drinking with, you know, with Kyle and Jason that one time. It's it's, it's like, oh, the, hey, I sat in that field and watched Serenity one night at Nerd HQ. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think I'm definitely more interested in this one three episodes in than I am in Designated Survivor, where after the end of the pilot, I was reversed. So that can tell you what can happen with the pilot. Uh, the pilot of Designated Survivor lets me go, oh, I want to see the next episode, even though it had some problems. And this one left me going, wait, what the heck is this going to be? Where I had enjoyed the episode up until the end of the episode. Uh, and now two episodes in, I'm like, this could be a really solid drama where almost in a in a similar vein as to something like Friday Night Lights, where it's not really about the baseball. It's about these other things, like when she goes on, on Kimmel and ends up deciding to talk about actual issues and things that are happening as opposed to doing the funny bit about redecorating the locker room. And, and so I think there's other interesting stories and things that they're telling in here. It just happens to be surrounded by... You know, it's it's a good drama just surrounded by baseball. Yeah, I think I agree completely, especially in the comparison to Designated Survivor. And I think, again, not being a baseball fan, one of the reasons why I think this show is so much is so great versus and it's the exact opposite of why it's the exact reason why Designator to me is failing so bad is because this is authentic. I feel this is how it would be. I feel like these are this is how the players would react how the fans would react, how the teams and the owners would react. It feels authentic. And that's that's why one of the reasons why I'm enjoying it so much. And with that, we'll move on to the last show on the list, which is Westworld, Season 1, Episode 2, Chestnut. So, Ivy, what did you think of that old chestnut? I, so what does, did, did anybody catch what chestnut was a reference to, or why was I just blind to it? No, I have no clue what it was here. <laughs> I, I like this show. I... I like that it's deep. I like that it's it's tackling hard questions and it's making us think. You know, I don't know that I don't know that we're all the way there with some of the questions it's going to ask, but you know, just by by how it's doing things that you know the whole and just the whole question that was. And I can't remember if it was this episode of the pilot where he's you know where the distinction is is, is, is if you can't tell the difference, does it matter if we're we're real or not? Yeah, that was, was in like, this episode. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole crux of the story, and I think it's amazing. And I, I, I don't like that I need a PhD in philosophy or metaphysics to really to to talk. This is going to think it's going to be so deep that people. It's going to be like like some of us. I mean, some people, not some of us, not me. I swear, um, will get into you know extended long blog posts about. You know, the political machinations of Game of Thrones, you are going to see the same thing happen with the metaphysics of of real versus not real and agency versus no agency. And that's going to be awesome. And I'm glad I don't have to write those posts or or, or have those conversations because they're way deeper than I want to think. But I like that the show is layered enough that those deeper things are there right on top of a very... um, a much more simple reading that, that anyone can enjoy. So it's, I, and, and you know, this cast, I, you know, is there a better cast show on television right now? Or is there, <laughs> is there a better, is there a better cast new show? Cause I'd argue again, I could probably go back to game of Thrones just because that cast is so huge. 
Um, but all of the new shows that have come out, there's there's nothing better than Ed Harris and Anthony Hopkins and Jeffrey Wright and Evan Rachel Wood and Danny Newton and you know Jimmy Simpson. Jimmy Simpson is phenom was phenomenal in this episode, and he's not a guy that you would necessarily think could hold his own in this in the same show where you've got these heavyweights in, and he's he's absolutely great. I'm I. I I don't know if there's a show I'm more excited to know where it's going because I have no clue. I've absolutely, I have no clue what's going on with Ed Harris's man in black character and what he's trying to get at. And I've, I have no clue where, you know, what the, what the, the breakdown in the, in the AI is going on with Evan Rachel Wood's character. And I, I, I am so excited to find out. And I have, I have absolutely no real desire to, to, to try to figure it out in advance. I can't wait for the story just to wash over me. So I'm loving the hell out of this show. Yeah, this is the type of show that falls into the category of confusingly good, where yeah. it's it's confusing in a way that you still see where things might be going or what they're talking about, or it's intriguing. There's good performances, you know, and everything else surrounding it is really good that it it draws you in to want to know more as opposed to well I'll just say falling water which is coming later this week <laughs> that is the other where you're just confused <laughs> at least I was at the end of the first episode and so there's those two tracks of of things and so this episode I am not sure exactly where things are going or what's happening exactly it, it took a little bit to to get the when you hear the voices talking to some of them, but then you see them out, quote unquote, living their lives or whatever. But then you see that they're actually like he actually has her in and is actually having these conversations with her. But then having her sort of erase, you know, oh, some yeah. of it or whatever. And, and that that's sort of what's actually happening. You know, some of that was a little confusing as to like what like is she hearing that voice right now or is it just. And so this episode was interesting with the seeing the memories where some of them were having memories of different scenarios that have happened to them in the past. And uh, I think while the Ed Harris, you know, sort of man in black character here is, is obviously not a, not a great guy. He seems, <laughs> to be, he seems to be like uh, in the case of this, he's like the ultimate gamer. Like he just keeps playing and playing and playing and playing and playing. And he keeps trying to find every Easter egg and, and hidden thing to be able to f go deeper and deeper into the game. Uh, and it seems that he believes that there's something, you know, bigger and deeper. And since some of the things that he seems to have found <laughs> seem to point that he might actually be right. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, so yeah, I'm, I'm also interested in the, the whole, there's, there's a whole sort of like spoof of TV and movies yep. like yep. <laughs> built inside of this, like the guy comes up Provider. with basically a pitch for like a whole new show. <laughs> and, and then the network executive says, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. I like how that keeps happening. him. like in the first episode, he's got this whole elaborate speech that he's been forever <laughs> writing. And then it, the guy just gets killed before he can even deliver it. And so like this guy keeps getting cut off every single time. But he's a raging douche, so you don't mind. <laughs> but he's gonna—he's gonna lose it. He's gonna be pushed over the edge, and he's gonna do something bad if this keeps happening to him. So I'm looking forward to seeing him break bad and <laughs> go nuts. 
think I answered my question. Was it because that was the one thing I was interested about the man in black is that I thought it was the writer, but it was I think it was actually the security guy that, you know, someone was saying, hey, should we rein him in? And but someone behind the scenes was saying, no, leave that guy alone. But I think it was the the security guy, not the writer. Yeah, it was the um, Thor's brother (laughs) or whatever. uh... He's the Hemsworth that doesn't look like a Hemsworth. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, but yeah. Yeah, that that story was, yeah, basically it made it sound like, yeah, that guy has been paying a bunch of money for a lot of years just to leave him alone. (laughs) Well, that's what I found interesting because they said, like, he's been going for 30 years. And they said the last time they had an incident was 30 years ago. So I'm wondering if somehow the two are connected. Like, did he do something? And I like how they they circumvented that because, like, in the original movie, the man in black was, like, one of the host people and he was, like, the big villain. And so, like, you you were thinking this guy originally because he, like, behaves like a machine at times where he's just, like, a killing machine. And uh, so I'm wondering if maybe at some point... They're going to reveal somehow he's not quite human and maybe something happened there. But I, I like how we're seeing this this like sort of virus that seems to be spreading. Like it seems like as soon as someone says that, like these violent devices have violent ends, that seems to unlock those dreams. And then these people start dreaming and then they have that trick to wake themselves up. And like I that was one scene I particularly liked. I like the. um the foreboding where she's like, oh, if these people ever saw what we did to them, uh, like it would be like a nightmare. And and then sure enough, Thandie Newton wakes up uh, <laughs> right in the middle of, of them, like carving into her stomach and sees everything that's going on. So I'm, I'm interested to see what how much of that she remembers and and who else gets woken up to what's going on next and gets pulled into this. Because we have Dolores and now Maeve and who else? Who else is going to get sucked into this? But yeah, I, I'm, I, I was a fan of the original movie, and uh, this I think they're doing a great job with the series now, too. It, it's a lot more of the philosophical question in the movie, like how like how real are these people and what is it to be human? Like I'm interested to see like if how many of the people, like if any of these people that we've seen that are working behind the scenes or any of them hosts or are they fully real because we haven't seen anything yet like especially where they see everything that's going on like how are they if any of them are not real are they doing something to make them forget what's going on and then like you said what what ed harris is uh what his ultimate goal is what's this maze that he's heading for i'm wondering if it the maze is like the the inner workings of the building like is he gonna find his way down to the control center or something or that room where all of the the decommissioned bodies are because they don't show us that room and the pilot unless they're going to come back to it that was way too creepy for them just to show us once yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah where they where they take them and uh they're just a, a bunch of naked robots standing in row after row in, yeah, in a section that they don't uh, use any longer. I did. I, the guy's the guy's friend, like Jimmy Simpson's friend, was our friend in quotes was an yeah. absolute jerk. But I, I like how like like he almost falls for every little trick that someone's trying to sell him. Like the the old guy who like the drunk that stumbles, and then the the old guy who like falls and he helps him up. It's like you're, they're just gonna try to like upsell you an extra adventure that you can go on. And sure enough, that's what the old guy does. But then it's like 
as soon as his friend like stabs that guy in the in the hand, everything like feels so much more real. Like the guy's like screaming, and like it adds like a whole new level to the. Yeah, yeah, that guy's like, I've already been here a couple times, and you just need to skip past all of these low-level things, and because yeah. I've got something in, in mind for you or whatever. So yeah, that's uh, I, I think that's interesting. They keep they so far they've had at least there seems to be somebody in every episode that's going, you know, that's doing the worst, you know, sort of the worst type of uh, of person. And Cyclops always seems to be the target of uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well yeah but i I like some of those you know even with even you know even with that character he's starting to have some you know slight memories of things or or whatever as well too like the second time he wakes up on the train he like he sort of like clutches his chest like is there something wrong and then sort of goes about you know his merry way or whatever and yeah. The only thing that sort of bothered me in this one was I, I suppose people are arriving at different times during the day. It's not they're not always arriving at the beginning of the day, so they're arriving at different points in time in the story. But yet Jimmy Simpson still bumps into the same guy that the other you know that <laughs> you know that the the you know the robot that got off in the first episode you know runs into uh, type of thing. Yet when they go by now they've got you know, instead of somebody creating a posse to go after somebody, they've got you know the the military recruiting, and so it was a it was a slightly different story. Yet they still had Dolores going to the store and dropping a can. Yet she still seemed to be in the same that type of stuff where it's a, they're making it different, but it's some of those felt like they if were you've been doing, there a few times. Well, <laughs> well they were doing it, it. It felt like it was missing something. It felt like the other guy should have been getting off the train too. Like do people only arrive at one time or like I said, at different times, but yet if they're arriving at different times, why is the same storyline going on at this time that was going, it would be going on earlier in the day with some of the characters, but not with other of the characters. That was the only thing that sort of pulled me out of it a little bit in this episode. Well, they might, they might know that different people are in different areas. So they start the story. They can repeat some, like they had Maeve using her same line and a million different people, well, yeah, they, they showed that, but I'm, I'm like, just saying that the entry to the park is through the train and people get off at the, you know, at this town. Do they come in at different times of the day or is it always the same time? And if it's, and if it's different times, why is some characters still seem to be in the same storyline? You would think that if it's later in the day, Dolores would have already come and been on her way. Like she would be out either painting by the river or headed back home uh, in the loop of her storyline that we saw in the first. I mean, it can get changed uh, from things. It just seemed weird that certain, that some things felt like they were repetitive, but other things felt so different. And I didn't understand why that would be necessarily. Yeah. I, that, I don't know. That, that was just a little bit that was confusing me. Like, I mean, I get that you're not going to want to do the exact same thing over and over and over again. That would get super repetitive. Every episode's the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of got the feeling, uh, like, I felt like it was, there was one train that arrived every day. And so it wasn't multiple times during a given day. And there might be certain vari variants on the on the storyline because the same, because there are people in the park over multiple days. So it wouldn't be exactly the same. But there's going to be some repetition because, you know, you can't have 
can't have everything be different every day. It just in the first episode we see you know them arrive you know people arrive multiple times. It's the same beginning to the storyline, and based on who's there, those things diverge. Like one time, he gets off the train and he ends up seeing Dolores, and he hands her the can. And in another time, you know, he gets sidetracked by this other guy that's visiting the park that remembers him from the last time he was at the park. And so right. the storyline goes off in a different direction. Uh, and, and there's things like that that you can see. But if they're arriving at the same time and these people get off, yet where was he, like, out of commission now? Like, they hadn't fixed him since the last time or whatever or something? I mean, we do see him in the you know, in the big room getting like all washed off or whatever to be repaired or what, whatever that, you know, what they're doing for, uh, for stuff like that. It just seemed a little odd that, you know, Jimmy Simpson's character was the one, I mean, he, he basically ends up in that role. Like, you know, he bumps into that guy and then later on, he's the one that helps pick up the can, uh, when she drops it. I don't know. I guess the time frame of where things are happening or how things are happening, uh, felt a little, I mean, I guess maybe they have the military in there now. Maybe it's a you know a change in storyline because you know the the original sheriff like went bananas or whatever or something. Yeah, that's a good point. It was just some of that type of stuff that it just felt a little off, and I wasn't exactly sure how it worked. That was the one the one little confusing thing to me. Yeah, they did say they had to change the story because of how many you know they did have to pull what ten ten percent of the hosts out, so. It does make sense that the story changed a little, but yeah, I kind of hope that's something that they 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 don't necessarily explain, but we kind of figure out over time, because elsewise it just feels like it's a mess. Because you'd also think that as new people are showing up every day, that and there's already people there, that the is it really each day that it starts to loop over the same, or is there other periods of things that happen when people are there that change some people's storylines, and so they're not seeing the the repetitiveness of some of the things happening. There's, <laughs> there's a lot to think about in, in the show. It's definitely one that you can't be doing something else while you're watching. You need to be eyes glued on the screen to, to be able to take in all that's, all that's going on. You might miss those slight changes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that'll do it for the primetime segment. As always, be interested to hear your thoughts on any of those shows. You disappointed in the Flash and Arrow like I am? Do you wish Designated Survivor was better like all of us do? <laughs> <laughs> Are you enjoying pitch even if you don't know or you hate baseball? Uh, <laughs> like Kyle and Ivy? And uh, would you like to visit Westworld you know, or continue to visit Westworld as it uh, moves forward? Let us know in the comments on the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 343 or at feedback at tvtimes3.com. And uh, with that, we'll move on to our TV recommendations, which, did you come up with a recommendation, Ivy? Absolutely. What are you going to recommend? So, I don't know if you know this about us, but we kind of like podcasting. (laughs) And as, you know, as a part of, you know, doing podcasts, we often listen to podcasts. And one of the things, I listen to a lot of TV podcasts, one of the things that I've always struggled with, though, is is a podcast, podcast about a particular show like it being one podcast about one show um and i've never really been able to come to fall completely into that you know find one that i really really like because i like the more evergreen nature like what what you guys do here where it's like it's a different topic every week but the west wing weekly is one of the best television podcasts i've ever listened to 
it's it's Josh Molina who was on the show for the the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh season. You know, who was on Sports Night and is on Scandal now, and uh, a young man named Rishi Hayshaway. That and I probably pronounced that wrong, which is why I tried to pronounce it as quickly as I can. <laughs> and they go they go episode by episode and do you know they're going back to you know all the way they're they've just started season two, and they're doing the whole show and. You know, they bring in guests, um, not necessarily every week. Um, and honestly, while the guests are great, you know, they don't necessarily talk about the show as much on in, on that particular episode. So it's kind of that neat balance of sometimes you're going to get Tommy Schlamy, who did who was one of the you know main producers that did all, all of the big directing stuff or Aaron or Brad Whitford or, you know, when they there was the episode about where they did a plot line about gays in the military. They brought the secretary of the army in who was you know, fought for fought for that that change when he was in Congress himself. So it's a, a really good show. It's well produced. They have a, a great dynamic between the two of them. And the guests are, are really, really good. It's it's one of the best television podcasts. It's, it's the only episode episodic television podcast I've ever enjoyed. And it's one of the best out there. So that's my recommendation. Got to meet him at uh, ATX. Rub it in, man. Just, just rub it in. Even I met him, and I didn't watch uh, West Wing. You're yeah. dead to me, Kyle. You're... I even got my picture taken with him, where I look super serious, and he's smiling. You know, thanks to Kyle's uh, super Great stellar camera skills. Camera skills. <laughs> You're I... never gonna let me live that down. <laughs> yes, because I just told him that I thought he was hilarious. And then the only picture I have of me with him is me not smiling at all. But he is hilarious. <laughs> so, he's hilarious whether you're smiling or not. That's right. <laughs> but it looks like he's not in the picture because <laughs> I don't look like he looks hilarious. But it looks anyway. like you're hilarious and you're making him laugh. That's right. So the West Wing Weekly. How about you, Kyle? What's your recommendation? Which did you decide? I'll go with uh, Freakish. So uh, today Hulu... Unlike its usual things where it uh, releases one episode at a time, they uh, released the entire first season of a new uh, thriller called Freakish. And it's basically like it starts off like the um, the breakfast club with like kids in detention and you got some sports kids and some nerds and some music people and they're all at this high school. And then the local uh, chemical plant has like a meltdown and there's this weird haze that's starting to make its way towards the school and everyone's trying to uh, escape. And there's like it becomes like a zombie type of show after that. So it's Breakfast Club meets Walking Dead. Uh, but it's one where every like it's good that they posted the whole thing because it seems like it'll play out like one long movie rather than like uh, just 30 minute episodes or 22 minute episodes. Um I had seen the first three and I <clears throat> I enjoyed it, so I plan on trying to go back and and catch the rest of it. But I don't know that there's well, it has uh, Chad Coleman from The Walking Dead in it from Arrow fame, and uh, one other person that had like a recognizable show. I think most of them are like it's from like Awesomeness TV that was formerly a YouTube channel or originated as a YouTube channel, so they have lots of like YouTube and Vine stars in quotes uh, as some of the cast. But I didn't really notice like poor acting or anything. It seemed, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's, I think it's definitely geared more towards the, uh, the teenage crowd, but uh, it's entertaining. 
I recommend checking that out. I can second that recommendation. I also I also like Freakish the first few episodes. Plan on going back and watching the the rest of it. And uh, we talked a little bit about it last week on the the cable and streaming preview, but you can also check out tvholic.com slash preview slash freakish for my preview on that show as well. So, And one other thing I wanted to mention, if you never picked up uh, Sliders before when it came out on DVD, uh, Mill Creek is re-releasing a complete series set this week, and they've actually put the episodes back in the proper order, which I wish all shows would do when the networks decide to air them out of order because it actually makes sense when you watch them the way they were actually produced <laughs> to be watched. That literally makes no sense to put them on out of order on a DVD set. Like, it, why would you put them just because it aired that way? It makes, yeah, that makes no sense to me. That's that's completely bizarre. I mean, could you imagine, like, license, licensing it to, like, Netflix or Amazon Prime or something like that and you're watching along and it's still the next episode just pops up even though it's episode 12. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to say when they were supposed to be episode, you know, but you want to watch episode three, but that one's actually episode 12 now. Well, like that, that Android, that Android cop show, whatever that thing was called, they didn't even fix that for the, for the DVDs. Like they just put it still in that awful <laughs> scared so, order. It makes no sense whatsoever because like, what does it matter now? Yeah, <laughs> the the whole point of what you were trying to do was to put stronger episodes up front to get people to you know that would watch and then stick around. They've already given you your they've money. They've already bought it. Why <laughs> does it matter if, if the first few episodes are not as good? They've already bought it, uh, and at least you won't have confused them. So yeah. So all right, check out uh, the West Wing Weekly or Freakish or Sliders, and we'll have uh, links to where you can find. Uh, all of those in the show notes, as well as where you can uh, find links to the news stories we talked about and also where you can find Ivy and Kyle online at tvtimes3.com slash 343, where you can also find links to the various places that you can subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy listening to the podcast. Or if you've been listening the last few weeks, this is more what the podcast is, is we bring on different guests to talk about four or five shows from the previous week. And uh, if you'd like to continue getting notified of those, you can find links to iTunes and Stitcher and various places to subscribe in the show notes as well. And next week, Amory and Ray will be back with me, and it'll be interesting to see what what shows we'll end up talking about next week. And uh, with that, thank you, Ivy and Kyle, for joining me on episode 343. Thank you, Jason Thanks and Jason. Ahead. I mean, Kyle. <laughs> no problem, kid Jason. That's right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Todd Amory. <laughs> <laughs>